Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I want to speak tonight on the subject, the power of encouragement. I pastored for almost 38 years. A pastor knows the needs of his congregation, knows the burden the Lord puts on his heart for his congregation. As I get my heart ready and pray and asking the Lord to give me a direction and a scripture, a thought, a message. Well, what are the needs? The Lord laid this on my heart the other day. A tremendous need that I see in the world, but a tremendous need that I see among our churches, among our people, and that is encouragement. I need it. Brother Christian needs it. We need it. You need it. But here's something even more uh, uh, that, that I want you to understand. It's something we can do. We can do this. And I'm going to end with that. I want you to keep that thought of mind. So I, I want to just talk about a Bible word. And because it's mentioned a lot in the New Testament, I, I had to pick one. So the one I chose, and I have a hard time making decisions. So I had to pick one. So I chose 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18. But I'm going to give you several places this word uh, is found and try to uh, share some thoughts the Lord's uh, laid on my heart about this. It's a verse of scripture that I'm sure you're familiar with. Paul said in writing to the church at Thessalonica, after this section on what happens when a believer dies and where they go, and talking about the rapture and we're going to meet those in the air one of these days. He said to comfort one another with these words. With these words. Don't be ignorant uh, about those who have fallen asleep. Don't be ignorant. Listen, I'm glad I know where Landon is. Uh, you might think this a little morbid and you have your way of grieving. I have my way of grieving. I like going to Landon's grave. Sometimes a family member say, well, he's not there. I say, no, he's not there. But it's the last place we put him and I like going. <laughs> I especially like going by myself. And because of my travels, I'm through there right often. And sometimes I have an occasion to just go by myself. But I know he's not there. Same way with my, going to my daddy's grave. I like going by myself. I have some conversations with him. I don't pray to him. <laughs> But I talk to him and, and just meditate and thank the Lord for my godly heritage. Oh, listen, I'm grateful for this passage of scripture that I had the hope of knowing where my loved ones are who died in the Lord. And if we die in the Lord before the rapture, where we're going to be and those who are left behind, the kind of hope they can have. So in that context, Paul gives us this word comfort. Comfort one another with these words. Now, what is comfort? I'm not a Greek scholar, but I enjoy looking at the uh, Greek and studying best as I, I can. It, it comes from a Greek word, a combination of a Greek word, para, which means to come alongside to call to one side and then kaleo, which means to call. So 
Parakalao is to call to one side. Get, get, get over here, in other words. Come, come here and be, be beside me. Walk beside me. Talk, beside, uh, talk with me. Help me. Encourage me. Sort of the idea of a comforter. So how many football fans we got in here tonight? Any, any ECU fans? <laughs> well, we got three. Amen. So... Well, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan because that's my home state. And by the way, they're the number one uh, college team in the country, by the way. We're just going to ride that way while we can because it's been a long time and it's not going to last forever. We know that and hope Herschel Walker gets elected to them. <laughs> anyway, didn't mean to go all there, but um, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't pull free to you, but I do live in eastern North Carolina. Got a lot of friends that are Pir Pirates fans and but I did see the game where the guy missed the field goal right there at the end. Boy, my heart broke for him. And you know what happened the very next week? He, news media said he'd had a tough week that week. I expect I would too. <laughs> Walked on the field and they gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> you know what they were doing? Come up close and listen. They were encouraging him. Okay, pal, we know you missed a field goal last week. Wished you hadn't, but you did. But we want you to know we still love you and we still rooting for you. <laughs> That's to come alongside. Amen. Happened again last night. I went to bed and wasn't quite sleepy, so I turned the television on and found me a football game, and it was Arkansas and Texas A&M. Down by three points. If Arkansas makes the field goal, they win. The kicker kicks the ball and hits the goal post and as fate would have it, fell back this way. It was no good. That young man walked off that field with his head down, discouraged, dejected. The camera pans over that way and guess what? There's a razor back there with the shoulder pads on and his arm around him. What was he doing? Encouraging him, comforting him. That's all right, buddy. We all have some bad days. We all make some bad kicks. We all miss some goals. We all miss the mark. You'll get it next time. You, you'll, be, you, you'll, you'll be back next week. You'll have another opportunity. That, in my mind, that's, that's what the subject of encouragement is dealing with. So to encourage is to be called alongside someone. I want to show you some reasons God wants us to encourage one another. Number one, I want to show you that encouragement is the urgent need of our day. I'm sure there's needs here tonight that you have that I don't have a clue about. You're going through things that I... I don't, I don't know you're going through those. And even if you told me you were going through those, I may not be able to identify with you on those things. But the thing about what I'm talking about this evening is everybody needs encouragement. It is an urgent need of our day. And because I'm a pastor to pastor and we always have these little devices with us. And so I received a text one day and I, I looked down at my phone and it was a text from a preacher and I opened it up and read the text and here's what it said. Pray for me. I've been diagnosed this week. I thought to myself, well, what in the world has a brother been diagnosed with? Cancer? 
brain tumor. So, so I, I, I don't like answering a text with a phone call, but sometimes it's just necessary. I called the brother. I said, brother, what's going on? What have you been diagnosed with? He said, I'm sorry. My phone auto-corrected. And I meant to say I've been discouraged this week. <laughs> Boy, that was a relief. So when I hung up the phone, it's like the Holy Spirit. And I didn't hear an audible voice, I promise. But it's like, it's like the Lord said, you know what? We've all been diagnosed with discouragement. We've all been diagnosed with discouragement. And so it is an urgent need of our day. We need to encourage one another. I read a story recently of an airplane pilot diagnosed with brain cancer with a 50% chance of surviving more than five years. He used a term I had never paid any attention. I never heard before. He talked about the family of airline pilots rallying around him, sending him car, sending him and his family on an all expense paid vacation. They came alongside of him. And here's what he said. He said, friend therapy was a major factor in his surviving cancer. Friend therapy. Oh, it's an urgent need. It's a need you have. It's a need I have. It's a need everybody has. But number two, encouragement is the unique priority of God. It is uniquely characteristic of our triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit makes encouraging us a priority. Back to this word study with this word comfort. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, blessed be, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. In 2 Thessalonians 2.16, Paul describes Jesus Christ as the one who has given us everlasting consolation. Different English word, but the same Greek word, one who's called alongside. The Holy Spirit is so identified with encouragement that it's one of his names. Amen. John 14 and verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, could be translated helper, could be translated counselor. As a matter of fact, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, here's how it's translated. Same Greek word, but here's how it's translated. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The greatest thing, one of the greatest things about my job is that I don't have to know everything. And I tell people from time to time, look, I, I serve our state and I serve the body of Christ in this capacity. If I don't know how to help you, I'm going to find somebody who can. I think about Dr. David Gibbs, the third. 
Brother, I've got him on speed dial on my telephone. And sometimes I'll call him as a lawyer, as an attorney, somebody to advocate. What are we doing? Brother, can you come alongside of us and help us with this? It's the name of the Holy Spirit. So we see that it is uniquely characteristic of the of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is encouraging us. Number three, it's also the underlying purpose of the Bible, the Word of God. I love doing these word studies and seeing the various places. And like I said, there were just, there's just so many. I chose one as a text. But when you think about the purpose of the word of God, aren't you thankful for the Bible? God's holy word strengthens us, instructs us to be sure, but it encourages us. I think about mentioned football a while ago. This time of the year, it just it's just in me because when I was a teenager in high school, I played in the um, a high school marching band. I don't have a musical inclination in me anymore, but I play trombone in the marching band. And I tell my wife sometime when I start cutting grass in August, I said, boy, the grass just smells good in August because I know football season's right around the corner. And I remember those pep rallies that we used to have on Friday to get people pumped up. For the game. I even watch it these days, you know, if basketball or baseball or football or whatever the case may be, and your team's behind and the fans in the stand is out to lunch and they're not there, what do the players start doing? Sometimes they'll stand on the field and they'll start doing this. We, we need some help down here. We need some encouragement. And I wrote this down, a pep rally may work for a Friday night football game, but it won't last long in today's world when we're battling spiritual warfare. We need something more than a cheerleader on the side of the football field. We need more than a pep rally where a bunch of guys burst through the paper. We, we need something substantial that's going to last. Amen. And I'm glad to submit to you tonight, we have that in the word of God. Just a few verses down from John 14, where I was a moment ago, John 16, verse 7, verse 13. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 13, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And I wrote this down. The steps to encouragement and fulfillment that are man-made will not last. I heard some crazy things when Landon was sick and passed away. In my spirit, and in, I, I just wasn't going to cause a scene with anybody, I'm like, I did not want to hear that. That's not what I needed to hear. <laughs> We've been given a book by God which has truth in it that will encourage all who partake of it in a way that will last. 
Romans 15, verse 4, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort, there's that word again, that we through patience and encouragement of the scriptures might have hope. I'm thankful for the word of God and scripture that I've heard preached through my lifetime and different songs and in different settings where God's word keeps speaking to my heart and speaking truth into my life. And come up close and listen. If you don't know this, just because I'm a preacher of the gospel doesn't mean I don't need it. I'll give you a little, can't pick on Brother Christian, so I'll pick on myself. (laughs) So little Tyler that he mentioned Not so much in this particular case. It wasn't so much that little Tyler was sick. Children get sick. We understand that. We never saw the inside of an emergency room until Daniel was born. And then we thought they're going to come get us for child abuse for sure. Children get sick and things happen. I just so happened to be in the western part of the state when Tyler got sick last Sunday afternoon and I was going to drive home from Gastonia Sunday night, get in late. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go up to Lincoln to see what's going on. And if I feel like I need to stay, I'll stay and come home later. So we was up all night. Transferred him from Lincoln to Charlotte to Levine's children. It wasn't just the transfer. It was Levine's where Landon died. And Amanda and Luke had not been back since he died. Luke was on the ambulance with Tyler. I do trust somebody would have been there to take her. I'm sure they would have been. But daddy got to be there to drive Amanda to to Levine's. Through the night, it was a very emotional experience being back at Levine's. And I was tired. Brother Christian, I do not remember the last time I had stayed up through the night. It had been a long time for me that I didn't go to bed to five o'clock the next morning. In fact, I did something I don't think I ever remember ever doing in my lifetime. But I was so scared I was going to get sleepy. At one o'clock in the morning, I drank me a monster drink. <laughs> I said, Papa got to stay awake. <laughs> and then if I drive home, I'm going to need some help. So I prayed and read scripture, but that monster drink came in pretty good right there at the time. (laughs) Then I thought, oh, no, I won't sleep for two days. (laughs) But anyway, I went back to their house and I slept for a couple hours and went back and spent the day with them Monday and drove home Monday. I said all that to say this on the way home Monday, my flesh started kicking in. Do you hear what I said? My flesh started kicking in and I was tired. I was hungry. (laughs) I was trying to get through Raleigh Durham. (laughs) I didn't plan my schedule all that well. And I tell you, I started having thoughts I shouldn't have had. And if the right person or the wrong person would have called, it might not have been a pretty situation. You understand what I'm saying? So what did I do? I said, Lord, I, I need some help. Uh, not a bright light didn't come on in the van I was riding in, but my mind started thinking about promises of God's Amen. word. Amen. And I started 
reminiscing and going over scripture in my mind and praying uh, till I got home. And I felt a peace that passeth all understanding. Why did I tell you all that? I'm telling you, we need encouragement and there's encouragement in the word of God. And for the life of me, I don't understand why believers won't read the Bible. Why believers won't get in the word of God and read the word of God and meditate on the word of God. Let let me in here. Encouragement is the uncommon opportunity. It's an uncommon opportunity to begin to begin a never ending process. What are you talking about, preacher? It's like throwing a pebble on water. It has a ripple effect. Encouragement is found in in this powerful passage. I want to share these these verses and share a story with you. Back when I quoted 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3, You add verse four to that. Listen to these words. Blessed be God, even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies. Listen to how many times in two verses this word shows up. Blessed be the God, uh, 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 the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted. Did you count them? Five times in two verses, we have that Greek word to call alongside, to encourage, to to comfort us. And if you are into Bible numerology like I like to look at, the number five is the number of grace. I say glory to God tonight. He gives us comfort, but he doesn't just give us comfort He wants us to be comforted so that we might be a comfort to other people. To be a blessing to other people. I'm going to give you this story quickly. This this illustrates what I'm talking about. It has a ripple effect. It may be just a passing word that you say to somebody walking out of the church service. It might be just a simple phone call. It might be just a simple text message. And you may forget about it. But the person who needs it won't forget about it. The author's name is Joseph Bailey, writer and editor of his books, uh, of many books. And most of his books was about suffering and dying. Sounds morbid, don't it? But there's a reason why he wrote about suffering and dying. He lost three children. One of his sons died when he was only 18 days old. One died at age five with leukemia. His third son died at age 18 from hemophilia complications following a sledding accident. One writer said Joseph Bailey had more understanding about death, dying in heaven while he was alive than anyone I know of. So after his 18-year-old son's death, who was, by the way, engaged to be married, the young lady that he was engaged to be married to came over to their house and she gave them a poem written by German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer in 1945, three months before he was executed by the Nazis. 
It was a poem that expressed Bonhoeffer's hope in God's unfailing goodness, even in the face of suffering and death. By the way, I found out that Bonhoeffer himself was engaged to be married, and him and his fiancée never married. Fast forward 30 years after Bonhoeffer's death, 18 years, or rather 12 years after Mr. Bailey's 18-year-old son died, a pastor from Boston, Massachusetts, wrote Mr. Bailey and said, I just want you to know, I just left a nursing home where there's an aged lady. She's just about to make her crossing over into heaven. And I thought your book about heaven would be a source of encouragement to her. The pastor in Boston said the woman read the book through the night. Who was the lady? I cannot pronounce her name, but it was the fiance of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. She's an older lady in a nursing home now. And she reread those words of her beloved Bonhoeffer of the hope God gives us as believers. See, see how much of a ripple effect that story has. And so I thought about all of these verses and studying them and looking at this Greek word on comforting one another so that we can, or our being comforted so that we can be an encouragement of comfort to others. And I thought about of all the things in the, peop- in the churches that people say they can't do. And Brother Christian, I don't know of a single church member who can't do this. I don't know of a single believer who cannot be an encouragement to someone else in some shape, some form, some fashion that'll make a difference in their day, perhaps their life. If we'll just take the time to be an encouragement. Now, can I close with one verse? A verse of scripture that I have wore out as I'm sure many preachers have. And when I was studying this this week, I thought to myself, I need to travel back to all of those churches and apologize for doing this scripture injustice. You're going to recognize it. It's going to be so familiar to you. Hebrews 10.25. Familiar with it? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And we stop there. You ought to be in church. (laughs) Can I tell you, when I was pastoring down in South Carolina, this was back before modern technology. You couldn't text anybody or send anybody an email. That stuff didn't exist. And so I'd sit down at a typewriter and contact all my absentees. You couldn't even peel a sticker stamp. You had to lick the thing. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) I had a lady come by and pat me on the cheek. She said, save your stamp this week, preacher. Church attendance. You ought to be in church. Hebrews 10, 25. But we didn't finish the verse. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And oh, how heavy my heart is with everything that is going on in this world. And in churches, we need Encouraging 
We need encouragement and we all need to be encouragers.